0: After all the votes have been tallied, health insurance reform becomes law in the United States of America. Momentous. Historic, very, very expensive. mild, Unprecedented government intrusion. If
1: we fail to repeal Obamacare in 2012, it will be with us forever and it will be socialized medicine. Now,
0: I have heard rumors that a few of you still have concerns about our new
1: health care law. President Obama's health care law is headed to the Supreme Court. And that's where we begin this morning. Three days of arguments in the Supreme Court over the constitutionality of the president's most important legislative achievement. There won't be much discussion of patience or care or affordability before the Supreme Court. The name of the act is the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act of 2010. But the main issue raised is whether the federal government can compel an American citizen to buy something, in this case, health insurance. Challenges to the law center around the idea that the federal government can regulate commerce only in interstate matters. Within states, it has no authority. It's a major question of states' rights, and some other issues are being argued this week as well. Jeffrey Rosen will be with us for much of the week to help discuss uh, the legal theories. He's a professor of law at George Washington University. Welcome, Jeffrey. Good to be here, John. So, uh, first question, the reason this is a state's rights issue is the so-called individual mandate part of the law that takes effect in 2014, I guess. Explain.
0: So, the challengers of the law are saying that because the individual mandate compels people to buy something they don't want to buy, namely health insurance, it exceeds Congress's power to regulate interstate commerce. Uh, According to the challengers, Congress can only regulate economic activity, and this is a form of inactivity, namely the decision not to buy health insurance. But the Obama administration and many lower federal courts, including some of the most uh, respected conservative judges in the country, have rejected that argument and said that this is quintessentially a regulation of an economic activity, namely the decision when to pay for health insurance since everyone becomes sick at some point in their lives. And they say that this decision, the decision basically not to buy health insurance now, but to throw yourself on the market and and, uh, raise premiums for everyone else, is quintessentially an economic decision. The the government points out in its brief that the uninsured in 2008 got $116 billion worth of health care and didn't pay for $43 billion of it, which shifted premiums for about $1,000 per family on those who were insured, and therefore This is a far greater uh, economic regulation of interstate commerce than other things that the court has approved in the past. So So that's the the gist of the the commerce clause
1: argument. So the argument that the government is making is that because of the cost of health care, because people are uninsured, there is a mandate to pay, even though there is not until this act was passed, a mandate to buy, which is the nature of what's being challenged here.
0: Uh, That is exactly right. All right. So so let
1: me just hold on there for a second. What are cases where the federal government regulates something that's like this individual mandate, compels you to do something economically that might be close to this?
0: You know, the fact that the government is not going to have a crisp answer to that uh, question hasn't persuaded lower judges because they've noted the court in the past hasn't focused on activity or inactivity or forcing you to buy or not buy. The question is, does the activity have a substantial effect on interstate commerce? I see. And here the effect is so big, the government is saying, that uh, it's not a a close case on this question.
1: What's the strongest argument of the challengers in your view? And refer to the various opinions in the circuit courts which have actually upheld uh, some of these arguments.
0: Well... Uh, on, on the, the Commerce Clause, really, either you're going to be persuaded that uh, that, it's an act, that the activity or inactivity distinction is uh, persuasive or not. It, it may be some of the other questions that the court has agreed to hear, and there, there, there are many of them that are the strongest arguments, the question about whether or not the court has the authority to hear the case in the first place, the constitutionality of the Medicaid expansion, that there are so many complex issues that the court has agreed to hear that They may create surprising coalitions in an odd way. We might see an opinion in the end that looks different than anything the lower courts have come up with just because the Supreme Court has decided to look at this in so much broader and more uh, sweeping a manner.
1: And is this the combination of 26 states' individual challenges? Is that right?
0: Uh, That's right, although their ability to bring the challenges – a question by the Obama administration, which says they have no standing uh, to bring them, but there are some individuals who are challenging it as well, and and their standing is uncontested.
1: What's the standing issue here? Uh,
0: This is the uh, question that the court is going to hear today, this morning, Uh, and this is the question of whether a Reconstruction-era law, uh, which says that you have to refuse to pay a tax and take the penalty before you can challenge it, Uh, binds in this case, Uh, this is the Anti-Injunction Act, and it says no suit for the purpose of restraining the assessment of any tax shall be maintained in any court by any person uh, against whom such tax was assessed. So the uh, 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 court has appointed a special counsel to argue the case that because this is a tax, it can't be challenged until it goes into effect in 2015. Now, the Obama administration here has a kind of funny position. Um, In the debates over the mandate, all of the Democrats stood up and said, this is definitely not a tax. And all the Republicans said, it's a tax, it's a tax. The minute the bill is passed, uh, the ink isn't dry, they rush into court and claim the opposite. All of the Republicans say it's definitely a tax, and the Democrats say it's not a tax. To make things even more complicated, the Obama administration is saying it isn't a tax for the purpose of this anti-injunction act, and therefore the court isn't barred from hearing the case. but it is tax for the purpose of Congress's power to pass taxes under the Constitution. And and this, I mean, only a a, a lawyer could appreciate it. Oh, my God. They're going to be tied in knots over these questions.
1: All right. So stepping back then, and there's actually a line outside of the Supreme Court of people waiting to hear these arguments. How important an issue is this of defining federalism and the federal government's role in Americans' lives, do you think, these arguments this week?
0: you know, obviously it's a hugely important argument. The fact the court's taken three days signals its uh, significance and it's the centerpiece of President Obama's health care reform. Lots of people think it's actually not a hard federalism argument for the, for the reasons we've been discussing, but, but the fact that the court has given it so much importance and is going to be parsing it so closely in all of these dimensions is going to make it by definition a momentous uh, case. The courts agreed to delay other uh, decisions to, uh, to, to, to write this one, so it's hard to imagine that it's not going to be just a a hugely important decision in June.
1: And we'll be talking to you all week as well, hearing your response to the actual oral arguments that take place in the Supreme Court. That's Jeffrey Rosen, professor of law at George Washington University. Thanks as always, Jeffrey.
0: Thank you. Pleasure as always.
1: And uh, you can join the professor. Be a part of the oral arguments before the Supreme Court. Weigh in on whether you think an individual mandate is constitutional or not. What would the impact be on your lives if you had to pay for one? 8778 My Take or post a comment at the takeaway.org.